Enterprise Visual Hall VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. Do your patients know what presbyopia is? There are people who are afraid of the press. Have you talked to your patients about multifocal contact lenses? I've heard the bifocal, but not right, multifocal. Do you need help with your multifocal strategy? Learn more at the conclusion of this episode. With more screen usage and indoor time, myopia, also known as nearsightedness, is increasing and getting worse in children. Now, certified eye doctors can prescribe my sight one day, the first and only FDA-approved soft contact lens to slow myopia progression in age-appropriate children. Visit coopervision.com to find a Brilliant Futures certified eye doctor near you. Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromycel technology. Welcome back to part two of my interview with Dr. Brittany Caruso. In this episode, Dr. Caruso explains the best foods to keep your eyes healthy. If you're new here and you like our interviews, press like, subscribe, share, and hit the bell. Also, please leave comments. Be sure to watch our full-length documentary, Open Your Eyes, on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube movies and shows. And tune in to our brand new radio show, Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time on AM 1280, The Patriot. So let's talk about replace number two. So we're removing the bad things that are damaging the, the, the single layer of the inside tube of the gut. And and uh, where th that is opening up and contents are leaking through and the body is recognizing it as, a, as a foreign substance. So if your weakness is in your joints, you could wind up with arthritis. If the weakness is in your eye, you could wind up with uveitis where the, the body thinks, sees it as something foreign. So we want to remove those things that could cause the gut to open up. Now we want to replace. So what are we going to replace it with? This is what's funny is that there's, there's, we, um, the, the, it's a bacteria in the gut that help to keep the gut healthy. They, um, they help to, well, they, they basically break down substances and help to keep the gut wall intact. It's crazy. So we need those good bacteria around in order to keep the gut moving and, and everything intact. So when you re what you're gonna replace is those good bacteria and, um, and, and you can do that through probiotic, oral probiotic or foods that have good, good bacteria and, and good, good bacteria in them. Um, by good foods that have probiotics in, in them, I mean anything that's fermented from keeper um, to sauerkraut, to um, uh, to even a pickle, <laughs> uh, pickles, um, and um, and then your yogurts and and other uh, foods that have excellent probiotics in them. Um, on the replace level, uh, that uh, I I kind of talked a little bit about it in my book, but the collagen is is really pretty huge in gut repair. So uh, the uh, by taking uh, collagen either in the form of uh, a, a collagen supplement or in the form of a, um, um, a, a a bone broth, you help to repair the gut wall. And uh, re you talked a little bit about re-inoculation with probiotics. How about prebiotics? What are prebiotics and why are they important? Prebiotics are interesting. Um, it, Prebiotics are the things that sort of move things along in the gut. 
those are, it, it's almost like fiber. So pretty much anything that has any food that has fiber in it, like uh, an apple, a pear, or even there's spinach or um, cali uh, broccoli, cauliflower, the, all these foods um, help to keep, it's almost like it, it moves things along. It's, it's a fiber that feeds the gut wall and, and it feeds the bacteria to help the bacteria function so that they're moving and doing their job. So you talked a little bit about nightshades. What are nightshades and are they good? Are they bad? Or are they both? It's kind of funny. Uh, the nightshades are, are a tricky, tricky one. Um, so there are so many good things in, in, um, in tomatoes and in, um, in uh, eggplant. So these are just a couple of the nightshades, uh, peppers, bell peppers, um, so basically a nightshade is a vegetable that, or fruit as, as in the case of tomato, uh, but it has these tiny little seeds in them. Um, and the tiny little seeds are meant to be, they're meant to have a, a, a film or a layer around the outside of the seed that helps to protect that seed. Um, the, the protection of that seed is, it, it fends off all bad things. So when it when it's ingested into the body, it's meant to be recognized as foreign and the body does recognize that seed as foreign and it tries to attack that seed. And that attack of that those tiny little seeds can result in a more global attack, such as what we see in an autoimmune disease. So those, those, um, those nightshade vegetables um, can be misconstrued, misunderstood by the body as foreign and can cause a bigger problem than the good things that it can possibly bring to your body, like uh, uh, like the uh, 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 good things that we find in uh, in all these vegetables. And how about cruciferous vegetables? I guess it's named after they they supposedly look like a crucifix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, it's, I keep on looking at my broccoli and I just don't see where they came up with this crucifix when they saw broccoli, but whatever. Uh, I, I just go along. I'm just, I'm just telling you what I find. <laughs> so, uh, so cru cruciferous vegetables are some of the best. Uh, it's, you can, they're, you really, there's, there aren't too many, um, that it's, you almost can't get enough of those in your diet. If you ask me, um, the, uh, the, the, of the matter with a cruciferous vegetables is that they truly um, have been they've been diet they've been deemed anti-cancer foods. Now whether or not they truly stop the progression of cancer is maybe uh, debatable. Um, I've cited some studies in my book uh, regarding the um, the anti-cancer effect of these vegetables, um, but uh, overall. The cruciferous vegetables are 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 uh, provide antioxidants. They provide the uh, the uh, the um, the prebiotics that we need, and they help to protect our eyes uh, on a on a global scale. So that would be kale, Brussels sprouts, arugula, broccoli, watercress. Those would be the cruciferous vegetables, and there's. There's also some benefit to cardiovascular health as well. Absolutely. You know, in your book, you uh, you cited a couple of studies of uh, people who eat a lot of cruciferous vegetables versus people who don't, that there's a 31% reduction uh, of risk of cardiovascular disease. Mm -hmm. and, and there were some studies on brain function. Yes. The, and the, the brain and the eyes, anything that you do that's going to protect your eyes, is going to also help the brain, which is where I think that um, uh, uh, when we it, go, going back to the macular health, when when you see a healthy macula, nine high healthy macular pigment uh, ocular density density, in general, you're going to see a well functioning brain. And you make a big point about garlic. Yes, huge. So yeah. talk about garlic. The pu the pu plants that's what I call them in my pretty much any algum uh, family uh, uh, plant is going to be 
Um, it, it's the the power of these is just just mind blowing. From antifungal to antibacterial to uh, to pretty much anti every anti everything. Now I'm not telling you if you have an, a bacterial eye infection that you should go put a little garlic in your eye and you're going to be fine. That's not what I'm saying. However, uh, if by uh, part there's a reason why uh, the um, the garlic is so um, it's so important for especially if like say you're getting a cold. If you take if you take three or four garlic cloves and you put them in a little bone broth. This is going to be. This can be can really help to stop the progression of your your uh, viral infection. So, uh, uh, for for the purposes of the um, Beyond Carrots plan that I lay out in my book, the uh, the garlic is going to uh, help heal the gut by uh, killing the bad things. It's going to help uh, um, fuel the um the replenishing of the nutrients that you need and it's going to help stop all the bad inflammation in your body uh through its powerful effects i think you you had a very interesting study in your book about garlic and that a daily garlic pill decreased the risk of a cold by 63 percent and it lowered blood pressure equally with a tenolol which is a common an old-fashioned mm -hmm. beta blocker maybe not mm -hmm. a, as good as some of the new beta blockers, you know, not as good uh, by the by the studies as some of the new beta blockers, but it was equal to a tenolol in the study. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Now, you're a big proponent of bone broth. Why is bone broth important and how could that help us? So um, there, there is a whole group of people that uh, that kind of discuss this idea of re meal replacement, bone broth meal replacement, a liquid diet diet for an extended number of days, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not in that particular family. However, I do see value in uh, a daily dose of bone broth from um, from uh, the he gut healing effects to uh, the improved sleep effects. Um, and it actually um, helps to uh, uh, improves your your skin with, through the collagen, and it can actually help to uh, help you to lose weight naturally. It's in the it can naturally reduce uh, a weight can cause natural weight loss uh, because your body is in, is taking in the protein without water, and it helps to uh, promote weight loss in that fashion. So uh, from the from the perspective of uh, the Beyond Carrots plan, the main reason why we use the bone broth is to uh, protect, first of all, increase water, um, uh, increase the intake of water, if at all possible, uh, through the uh, water content of the bone broth. It helps, the, the collagen will help to uh, replace uh, the wall of the gut and repair any areas of collagen loss throughout the body. Um, it's an anti-inflammatory, it helps to reduce inflammation throughout the body. It will improve your sleep, and it will improve your overall uh, overall um, uh, weight. I mean, you make a good point in the book about glutamine and glycine. That there's two amino acids that are very important in bone. Those broth. are the two big ones in in bone broth. And the glutamine is for the anti-inflammatory, and the glycine helps with sleep, but. You talked about sleep in your book and how sleep is an important for anti-inflammatory and it's hard to get healthy if you don't sleep. And one of the tricks that you said I thought was very interesting is tart cherry juice or tart cherry and almonds at night before you go to bed that could help you sleep. I, and, I have tart cherries and all, a small bowl of tart cherries and almonds almost every night, and, along with chamomile tea. And then, and and that helps and that helps with sleep. Yes. Now let's talk about stress. How can stress affect your eyes? Uh, well, let's let's just put it this way. I have seen people come into my office literally with vision loss as a result of stress. They they literally cannot see because they're under so much stress at work and in the house. So 
this specific condition that I'm referring to uh, that is most it's most in our face when it comes to stress is a central serous retinopathy, which is basically it's like a an a bubble forms in the back part of the eyes, right in that five millimeter zone, dead center. So I'm like, it's a worse spot for a bubble to form a little, a water bubble to form in your eye. But this little fluid bubble fill, fit, uh, starts to form there. And you know, that it's funny because the patients come in and their vision isn't terrible. I mean, they can, they're not running into walls. They're not, it's, not, it's not like they're gonna go blind and everything's gonna be okay. They just need to reduce the stress in their life so that that little bubble goes away. And, um, and, and, and to try to tell my patients that it's that the reason why they can't see is because they're too stressed out. They look at me like I got three eyeballs. Like, how in the heck does that have anything to do with my eyes? And in my case, for instance, even in my case with my posterior uveitis, I believe my gut tells me that the reason why everything started for me in the first place, this whole thing, uh, is because I was under a lot of stress. I was working seven days a week. I had, um, you know, I was doing very high intensity workouts. I, um, you know, I was under, I was working well over 60 hours and I, you know, and I, uh, and it was continuous. It was, I think I had three days off a month. Um, you can't live life work with three days off a month and I, and not, and expect to not have, um, an eye problem or any kind of problem whatsoever. So, um, when I got, when I got, saw my, um, when I saw the damage to my eyes and I started doing research on the possible causes, I put a, a solid halt to my work schedule and I made major changes. I mean, there was a study in EMPA in 2018 about stress and, it showed that, of course, stress increases cortisol and may actually increase the risk of glaucoma, ischemic optic neuropathy, and diabetic retinopathy and macular degeneration. I mean, that was that was a, a study that was done uh, that that looked at a lot of different studies and put it together. So, you know, as as eye doctors, it's something that we don't consider enough about. But stress is very important. Stress could affect any part of the body heart attacks, you know, how often is a heart attack related to, to stress or, you know, or a stroke? Diabetes, obesity, stroke. So, so it's very important. And we, we talked about sleep before and sleep. You had, you had, you had a, uh, you had a pearl in your book about sleep, not enough sleep or too much sleep can lead to glaucoma. It, it three, uh, under three and over 10, hours of sleep a night, you're, you're at a higher risk of glaucoma. So I had a patient the other day um, who worked night shifts and was literally only sleeping around three to four hours a night. And I'm like, I, you know, I had to have a conversation with her. And I, you know, I, I, I told her about her risk. It's, it's crazy. But again, like, I, like you said, over 10 is, you have some problems there too. And same with macular degeneration. Mm-hmm. You know that you had a study about uh, about sleep, oh, sleeping way too much could increase the risk of inflammation and dec and increase the risk of macular degeneration. I thought that was an interesting thing that you had in the book. In your book, so let's talk about the workup. Uh, so, so one one more quick thing. It's 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 interesting to me because I think that some people don't realize that they have control over their sleep because sometimes people just think. Um, what what can I do? I, I can't I can't help that. It's just what how my body is. Um, where uh, it's it's really interesting where if you break down what you do each day and you think about what it is that you're doing each day to promote your sleep, maybe limiting caffeine after a certain hour, maybe only having one cup of coffee versus five cups of coffee. Um, but all of these things, will ultimately impact your sleep patterns and um, and you have control over what happens to you at, when you go to sleep at night. And give a, in your book, you have a couple of good tips about sleeping better. If maybe you could talk about, we talk about the, the cherries and the almonds, you know, going to bed. And at then, the, 
time every night, making, you know, within a half hour. And you had a couple other uh, tips in there. Well, uh, I mean, and, and, and I, I don't know if you mentioned the bone broth. And then it's the cool room at 69 or, or under completely dark room, same time to sleep, same time to rise. And uh, one of my favorites is getting at least an hour of direct exposure to sunlight daily. So um, that uh, it, in, in particular earlier in the day um, helps to set your circadian rhythm so that you uh, your body knows when it's morning and when it's evening. Uh, so uh, there is something to be said about that. In the book, you talk about the workup you think somebody should have uh, between the eye exam and and the, some of the labs. If you could talk about that, you know, there I go into great detail regarding um, the, getting as much information prior to starting the Beyond Cures plan as possible, from knowing your blood sugar, your weight, your waist circumference, your waist circumference. Um, the bowel transit time. So bowel transit time is the amount of time that uh, food that uh, um, uh, something takes to go from your mouth to your butt. Why is um, that? Why is that important? What does that tell us? It, it, if your bowel transit time is, you, we have an uh, an ideal time frame for food to, for something to go from your butt from your mouth to your butt. It's around twenty four hours ish. 20 uh, ish. So if, if things are below that time, you it, it means that it's taking that that food's getting kind of stuck in your system and then you get kind of get a bit buildup of toxins. So we don't want that to happen. And if things are going through your system too quickly, that means that the nutrients aren't getting absorbed by the body. So we don't want to build up toxins. And we don't want things to go through your body so quickly that you don't, you're not getting the right amount of nutrients absorbed. So we really care a lot about how fast things are going through. And there's an easy way to do it. Just eating a couple beets and watch your, watch your poop. It, you, you'll find it sooner or later. So uh, I go through, there's more detailed explanation of what you wait to do in my, in my book. But um, bowel transit time is pretty important. So, and then the waist circumference is uh, your, a picture of your face. Um, and then uh, in uh, various um, tests in the optometry office, like your contrast sensitivity and your actual vision, um, uh, along with any kind of uh, ultrasound of the back part of the eye that may be available. And if at all possible, a ma the input, macular pigment, ocular density. So there's a, a, a number of tests that we talked about in the eye exam um, in the during the eye, eye exam that we want to get documented. Oh, and along with your prescription. So the reason why we care about these this information is because as you improve your your uh, your your diet, as you change uh, make the changes that are laid out in the uh, in the Beyond Carrots plan, you can see a change in any number of these areas. Uh, the contrast sensitivity is probably the most well-documented and easiest to perform if you have, if your doctor has the contrast sensitivity ability to do that test. So um, the, the score tells us, gives us an idea as to how well basically you can see um, a, a, a very faint contrast, a very fine contrast uh, in, in, uh, dark to light contrast. So um, it, it, you'd see a, a, a very various scales of a light to dark uh, uh, numbers on a piece of paper or on a computer screen or whatever it is that the doctor is using to measure the contrast sensitivity. And we get a number. As you go through the Beyond Carrots plan, it is our theory that that number would actually improve or decrease. MacU Health, your science born and tested solutions for visual performance, macular degeneration, and dry eye syndrome. New products coming soon. Embrace the science. The All Eyes Visual Hall VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, 
and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. And I think it's interesting about waist circumference because it's, it's directly related to all-cause mortality. Mm -hmm. so as that belly gets bigger the, and you have a big belly, the chances of, of dying goes up quite a bit. And it also increases the risk of uh, macular degeneration if you're if you're overweight and you have a high BMI. I mean, the Beaver Dam study showed that pretty clearly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We also do um, a perceived stress test score. And this is a standardized, a very short, easy stress test uh, to get an, a, a number, a numerical value as to how stressed you are. Uh, the reason why I like this test is because it's standardized, it's easy, and it's repeatable. So we get a number there and we um, and we don't know. Maybe at the end of the, the 30 days of going through the plan, you, your stress may be lower. Uh, but the the reason, one of the interesting things that I um, that I talk about when we talk about all these, the, the plethora of tests that we do prior to starting the Beyond Carrots plan is that we really, you know, I really don't know what kind of impact the plan is going to have on each individual person. And I don't know what kind of impact it's going to have um, from if you were to do the plan in January versus what happens if you were to do the plan in June on the same person. So all I know is that if you follow the plan, I almost 100% guarantee there will be an impact, a positive impact in one or more areas of the uh, of the testing that is done prior to starting the plan. Okay, let's go over some of the key things in the plan. So what should we eat? Let's start with protein, grass-fed beef, grass-fed pork, poultry, wild-caught fish. What are some of the benefits of that as opposed to eating like the sad diet, the standard American diet? Everything in my, everything that's listed in my uh, protein list, feed the body the nutrients that it needs to replenish itself versus uh, the sad diet, which are majority of, of those foods are processed and, uh, and, and have um, inflammatory components. So, you know, some people say you should be vegetarian, pescatarian, paleo. How do we know what's best? Are they just fads or is, is a vegan diet, does it really work for some people? I mean, because you kind of run out of things to eat, you know, you wind up starting to eat Twinkies. You know, they, um, the alpha, that's, uh, I, I briefly talk about the alphabet soup of diets in my book. Um, there are good things and bad things to each of those diet plans. I'm not necessarily, I don't want to condemn someone for necessarily going vegan and nor do I think that that's the best, uh, nor do I, do I, would I want that as a lifestyle for myself. Um, likewise, being gluten-free versus eating a ton of gluten is, being gluten-free can be good and it can be bad. What's most important when you break down uh, all these, this alphabet soup, soup of diets is that you're eating whole nutritious foods that feed the body the nutrients that it needs in the, in the wholest, most pure form that you can find it, in my opinion. Uh, and again, it's, it, everybody is going to have their opinion. Uh, being a doctor is about just a bunch of good opinions put into a, a soup and hopefully uh, everybody can, um, can, can uh, take what they can, want to take and leave what they don't. Talk about the different oils, whether we have uh, omega-3s, avocado, olive oil. Uh, talk about the different, talk about that and what there, you're feeling on those. Um, the, the, uh, there are some oils. It, it's the, the oils, again, are a little bit tricky. So olive oil is great. I don't, I don't think I got in, went into too much detail about this in my book. Olive oil is great. We know it has a lot of omega-3s. It has, it, it, it's, um, it, it's actually healing and gut healing, but it's tricky because um, some of the good components of olive oil are broken down when heated. 
So olive oil is best when it's it's in the most pure form and it's hard to find the purest form of the olive oil. And um, when not heated. So if you're gonna put it on a salad, you're great to use the olive oil. When cooking, you're oftentimes better using something like a coconut oil where it's actually, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's almost like a, a white paste, but then when you cook with it, it breaks down and, and it's, it's, it's actually, um, it, you have the MCTs or uh, medium chain triglycerides and coconut oil to help to uh, feed your brain and, um, and actually repair the body. And we want a high smoke point when we're cooking because once it starts boiling, then it could become, then it could become a little bit carcinogenic. Right. And that's where it gets a little bit tricky with the oils. Um, and, uh, and, and coconut oil, we know is one of those oils that does have the highest smoke point and it's, it's, it's completely, um, it's excellent, uh, in a, in a cook, in its cooked form. And talk about the colorful vegetables. We talked a little bit about it before, but why is it important to eat different colors from the rainbow? Pretty much every food that has a different, different colors. I mean, I'll, I'm going to very much simplify it for you. Uh, there are good things that um, that a spin spinach has in it that say a blueberry doesn't. There are good things that a blueberry has in it that spinach doesn't. But when you eat foods that are of every color of the rainbow, you're going to get everything that you need in your diet that your body wants and craves. And you, in your book, you talk about Mother Earth's desserts. No, oh, yum. So, my so everybody wants something sweet once in a while and they want a little bit of a dessert. Tell us what Mother Earth's desserts are. So my son is a, is a king of Mother Earth's desserts. He, he, will, he will decline chocolate. He will decline a Snickers bar. He'll decline any kind of, any kind of um, uh, uh, Skittles. And when I hand him a, an orange or a blueberry, he'll grab it and run. So um, the Mother Earth's desserts is and pretty much any kind of any kind of fruit that you can find, um, and even even some um, you know vegetables can can be served as part of your dessert. I actually like to, I sometimes I'll make a vegetable fruit and nut platter um, in in the evening, and I kind of and I'll just nibble on that, um, but before I go to bed. Um, so it, it's it's a uh, the, these are the things that you, if you can train your brain to appreciate the complexity of these fruits, then I think that you're going to find that you're you're you actually really very much enjoy them, and and you're feeding your body the good things that you need. Um, and one more point on that is um, oftentimes even even a a, a a fruity herbal tea can serve the purpose of giving yourself the feeling it's like it's having a dessert without actually going in and, and indulging in, in the um, in the cookies and the and the toxic uh, things that that do not serve your body but rather uh, kill it. Well since you brought it up uh, cacao raw cacao or high uh, you know like 88 percent chocolate yeah well that's a whole other is, is there any benefit to that in your yes. Opinion? Truly, truly anti-inflammatory and um, and a a, a a key key part of a diet. If you're ever craving that little bit of a chocolate, um, um, and it's actually uh, excellent for brain health. So um, yeah, cacao is um, is an exception. Dark chocolate and dark chocolate. How, how about how about coffee? You know, you write a lot about coffee in your book. There's the pros and cons of coffee. I mean, um, everybody drinks coffee, other than me, I don't drink coffee, but almost everybody in the country drinks coffee. So, uh, too much of a good thing, too much of a good thing is never a good thing. So, um, coffee is excellent for you for a number of reasons. So long as it's black without all the added junk in it. Um, when, as soon as you start adding cream and sugar and five Splendas and uh, all sorts of other stuff. Uh, you're 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 killing the natural goodness of the coffee. Um, that being said, 
when you um, when you drink coffee is as we all know most coffee as long as it's not decaffeinated has caffeine in it even decaffeinated coffee has a small fraction of caffeine in it uh, and uh, and later in the later in the day can kill your sleep cycle so it's uh, and and coffee at a, at a higher levels um, is there is some debate as to whether or not it can do damage to your gut wall so there's a fine line to how much coffee to drink. Um, it, for the purposes of my my plan, it's difficult to just say, stop drinking coffee, this is bad for you. Um, or it's, it's, not, it's not bad for you, but stop drinking coffee uh, and only limit yourself to one cup of coffee per day, um, which is what I think is is really where we, we need to be is at uh, somewhere around a cup of coffee per day. When you get into three, four, five cups of coffee, you're going to have some. You're going to have some problems. Um, and uh, so, um, at one cup of coffee per day, if if you if someone is coming off from five and you're telling them to go to one, they're going to have some withdrawal symptoms. So I usually say cut it and hit where your cup of coffee in half, and then cut it in half again to the to where you're at around one cup of coffee per day. I think one of the issues with coffee, they spray coffee with a lot of pesticides. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're getting a lot of, you're getting a lot of toxins and chemicals if you're not drinking organic coffee. Yeah, I, 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 I usually buy the, uh, the organic stuff, but. And, and some people could raise their blood pressure and some people genetically could process coffee very quickly and other people they can't break it down in their body because of genetics so that's that's where one cup of coffee or even a half cup of coffee um it, 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 you get some of the goodness without overdoing it so we talked a lot about inflammation spices are very anti-inflammatory and you that's part of your plan most spices cayenne pepper and paprika are interestingly both in the uh, um, in the nightshade uh, uh, category, along with of course uh, red pepper. So, but those those spices we really got to be careful with those um, uh, it, for the purposes of uh, reducing inflammation in the Beyond Carrots plan. But most other spices, uh, many of them originate in India um, from cumin. Are from cumin to our uh, uh, turmeric and and um, curry, and all of these spices do an, an amazing job at uh, reducing inflammation and um, and providing flavor where you may not have no no you may not have been able to appreciate those flavors in the past. I just saw a study this morning on curcumin and and uh, pancreatic cancer that mm -hmm. that could that could be some benefit there especially the type of curcumin that is uh, absorbed, that it's easily absorbed. So that has good bioavailability. And I thought, you know, that was pretty interesting. I mean, obviously that's something people would need to look into further, but curcumin is, is, a, is a very important spice. And there's been studies on curcumin, how it decreases pain equally with, with uh, NSAIDs. So curcumin could be used very effectively. It's used very effectively. Uh, it's used as a staple in India. And it's often said that it's one of the reasons they have the decrease in, in Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you could comment anything, anything you could add to that on curcumin. I think you pretty much nailed it on the head. It's, it's interesting. The one thing that I would say when it comes to those spices is that uh, the bio bioavailability is a little bit funky. Uh, really and truly uh, to um, to make an Im a true impact on your inflammatory inflammation level with a spice like that, you would need a, lo a lot of that spice in order to really see an impact um, long term. So oftentimes you'll see the, the pills, they actually have like, you know, um, uh, the supplements that are for, for various uh, spices. Um, and uh, those are sometimes bioavailable. Uh, they have higher bioavailability. Um, again, it's it's kind of kind of debatable. I think in the study that I'm talking about, they used a liposomal form, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think something like curcumin isn't right. absorbed very well. So a lot of times they'll package it with with oil, the good companies, to mm-hmm. try to get you to be able to absorb it a little bit better. And, you you know, you talk about your warm, your warm fuzzy drinks. We talked a little bit about bone broth. You didn't mention uh, uh, chamomile tea that may be helpful for sleep mm-hmm. or chai tea. Uh, green tea any any comment on that no i mean i really just uh starting to appreciate your i mean tea time and and uh sometimes if you don't appreciate the actual tea bags when you see a loose leaf tea uh i'm just introducing the ideas to our listeners that uh a loose leaf tea kind of adds an 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 extra layer of complexity complexity to your tea and makes everything just a little more interesting and a little more flavorful and you have a whole list of how to eat certain foods like eating a minimum of one serving of fish daily anything offhand that from that list that you could uh that you could remember after being pounded by all these questions for the last hour or so uh, that you could bring out to the audience. I, that, I mean, a serving of, of, of um, a minimum of one servings of fish per day, minimum of two, two servings of meat per day. Make sure you have um, the bone broth. Uh, sometimes people get overwhelmed by the idea of bone broth daily because they don't want to sip a bone broth. Although I enjoy it, not everybody enjoys it quite as much as me. You can cook with the bone broth and it, by cooking with the bone broth, you're still getting the added, added benefits without having to actually um, uh, take it in uh, by mouth uh, as, a, as, a, as a drink. Um, minimum of 64 ounces of water per day. Uh, this is just a bare, bare, bare minimum. Most people need more. Uh, so I, 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 I say that very uh, sternly, make sure you're drinking as much water as humanly possible. As much green leafy vegetables. Not all at one time. Not all at one not, time. All in the morning at, at 8 a.m. Make sure you get 100 ounces of water in at 8 a.m. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, uh, 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 as many green leafy vegetables as humanly possible. The PU plants, a couple PU plants per day. Um, I mean, it really, if, if you follow those basic guidelines along with um, some stress relief time, 10 minutes of stress relief minimum per day. And um, one one concept that I don't have, I don't think I clearly illustrated in the book, was taking time for yourself. Taking one day per week, minimum of one day or one night per week to have you time. And, you know, this question always comes up, that comes up to every speaker uh, eating healthy is more expensive. Is there a way to eat healthy and not being so expensive? Yes. I mean, I personally get most, my, my freezer is like where I, I, I keep a lot of stuff and I individually package things when I find them at lower prices um, and freeze pack them and keep them in my freezer. So by finding uh, good quality chicken when it's on sale, um, you can even frozen vegetables. Frozen vegetables have many of the same nutrients that uh, fresh vegetables have, and they're cheaper and easier and faster. For me and my lifestyle, I'm moving at a, a million and one miles per hour. I need everything to be fast. So um, there's no there's no harm in grabbing some frozen vegetables um, that are organic and and easily uh, easily cooked um, when you need them, and they're they're, they're not expensive. Um, as far as your bone broth goes, uh, it's just, you, you, if you just take a bunch of bones and throw them in a pot and let it boil, boom, there's your bone broth. I mean, we all, you, you, if you make a steak, you're going to have a, an extra bone or two left over from a T-bone steak. There's your bone broth. So it's, um, it's you being more creative and be, and, and even growing vegetables. If it's too expensive to grow your, to buy your herbs, grow your herbs, um, and it's kind of fun to grow herbs if you don't kill them. I did a podcast with Austin Perlmutter, and he talked a lot about the power of nature. And mm-hmm. I saw you had that in your book, how nature, being out in nature is, is very important for your health. It's called, it's called earthing. There's actually a name for it or grounding. Um, and, and there's, um, I've done some study, um, some studying of the, com- the concept or the impact of actually letting your skin 
kind of resettle with the 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 um, the electric waves of the the Earth, and it's it's actually the the Earth actually has a certain electromagnetic um, waves going around it, and when you let your body connect with the electromagnetic waves of the Earth um, through the grounding and earthing, it's actually um, it's healing. And you talked about it for yourself. You thought maybe you were over-exercising and people can over-exercise. And we've seen that with marathon runners getting heart problems. Uh, what do you think is the right amount to exercise for somebody who's reading your book and is, is trying to go, is trying to reduce some reversal or prevention of whether it's an eye disease or a systemic disease? So the right amount is ambiguous because everybody's different. So um, the right amount is the right amount for you. So in What's general, right amount for me? <laughs> <laughs> so in general, I think that we most people um, try. Some some people like to push themselves, say to to ninety uh, percent of max of what what they're like that. I can't I can't do one bit more. And then now you're not you're you're very you're pushing yourself almost to the actual limit. Some people like to be at somewhere around, you know, 20% of the max. They almost don't want to do anything. So what I would suggest is that you push yourself just a little bit more than doing nothing, but not all the way to 90%. So for most people who are reading the book, I'd say go about just a just a little bit harder than what you're doing now um, and, and, uh, and actually watch your heart rate get... Um, a little bit higher than where it is right now for around 150 minutes per week. And meditation, so you talk about meditation. How do you meditate and uh, how important is it? My meditation practice ranges anywhere from me sitting on my sofa for 10 minutes in the morning to me uh, just chilling out in the shower or bathtub for an extra five or 10 minutes. So it, it, there's no, for me, I, I, I routinely add my 10 minutes in the morning, but any additional meditation throughout the day can come in little spurts. So I think that the one to two minutes on occasion that I get throughout the day of my being mindful is what is, is what really it, it's helpful. So mine, um, meditation and mindfulness kind of go hand in hand uh meditation is is as what what most people would classify as the act of actually um sitting and actually making an event of it whereas mindfulness is the the concept of of uh it, living in your moment and being aware of where you are at that moment um throughout the course of the day enjoying your food enjoying the smells enjoying the, the environment so there's two different concepts um, a very big concepts, and I'm and to summarize, um, the the uh, the breathing techniques, the mindfulness techniques, and the meditation techniques help to um, heal every bit of your body, reduce your uh, high blood pressure, reduce inflammation, and um, and and actually uh, and and acts as an anti aging uh, component to uh, uh, to the to the book. So we covered a lot of ground in your book. And as we finish up, I do want to ask you, what can you help people to get them motivated to get started? And once they get started with the program, what can they do to continue uh, to keep going with the program? The So um, the motivation has to come from within you, from within the person who's reading the book. So when you stop and say, um, I am super happy with my life because of X, Y, and Z, and I see X, Y, and Z for my future, and this is where I want to be. So if, if, you can, if you can visualize an amazing future and know that by putting your work forward and putting in, in just a little effort, um, you will feel better in the future by executing the steps of the plan. Um, that's that's what I think gonna be empower, empowering for the for the reader. So knowing that you can make changes and knowing the changes will make you feel better. That's that's 
that's moving, that's empowering. And every and everyone's motivation is going to be slightly different. But the 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 interesting thing is that this that the Beyond Curates plan can help shape and change so many aspects of your life beyond just the eye health. So that's that's where that's really that's really important. And I think that's um that whatever goal you're looking for, um, we can help you achieve those goals. Well, I want to thank Dr. Brittany Caruso for joining me today. If people want to get your book or find out more about you, how can they do that? Check out my website, drbrittanycaruso.com. That's Dr. B-R-I-T-N-E-Y Caruso, C-A-R-U-S-O.com. And they can buy the book from, from the yeah, website. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today. You're a wealth of knowledge, and I'm really happy that you're doing so well with your eyes, and and that thank God you could see that you could see me and do this podcast. I really, uh, I'm really very happy for you, and happy that you're able to share this great information with my audience. So, open your eyes. This is Dr. Kerry Gelb, and thank you to Dr. Caruso. Allize Visual VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromicel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromicel technology. Fitting multifocal contact lenses presents a big opportunity to meet patient needs while growing your practice. Alcon is your partner not only with our innovative portfolio, but through e-learning. Learn to enhance your multifocal strategy today with the Alcon Experience Academy. OIE Broadcasting is the emerging leader in social media. We use scientific entertainment to drive more patients into your office. Visit OIEbroadcasting.com and sign up today. Since I bought Safe For You, my dad makes me clean his boat. It's natural y es un buen producto. Every time I go back to school, my mom always makes sure that I have my Safe For You products. I bring extra and my roommates certainly don't mind. It's a good thing I had Safe For You to clean up after this little guy. When my hands get dry, I like to wash them with Safe For You. And most importantly, the reason why I buy Safe For You is because it's safe for me and you.